0: Children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy, Buzz, and I am joined by my dude, Goose, a.k.a. Bull Scripted, And we are here, man, to talk some Bulls basketball because we haven't been around for the last couple weeks. We did a little interview series about a month in a row, I think it was. The four episodes in a row where we interviewed Kevin Anderson, Herb Lawrence, Matt Peck, Tony Gill. It was uh, jam-packed, but it's just me and the Goose tonight, man. So before we get into this episode, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com. For all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs, following us on Twitter at OnTapSportsNet, at BullsOnTap. Follow my dude Goose at Bulls Scripted and following me at BuzzOnTap. Goose, it's been a couple weeks since we got on the mic, man. I, I actually just got on the mic last night for a Sox on tap for the first time in about a week. But we, we haven't been on the mic in a while, man. How you doing?
1: I mean, I'm doing all right. I, I hear you're moving. You're moving to, to Pop Street, to, to the childhood neighborhood yeah that, that's got to be exciting it is man it,
0: it's actually really cool i'm excited like it uh, might as well just fucking just say it on the air of everything that happened with it as you know you've met her a couple times my wife jamie is eight months pregnant like we're she's ready to pop so um she's always liked this house that was on the block that when we moved from the south side of chicago to the burbs and i don't care if anybody wants to come find me we, new lennox that's where i'm going um my dad and I moved out to the burbs when I was like nine or 10 and I grew up on that street and Jamie always loved a house on that street, which is uh six houses down from my dad's, but across a busier kind it's not a busy street, but a busier road. And, um, the people were going to put the house for sale and they turn out to be family friends with, with Jamie's family. And they knew me from being a neighborhood kid. So they didn't even put their house on the market. They called us up, man. And Asked if we wanted to buy their house. I said no, because Jamie's eight months pregnant, and I don't really feel like going through that, and Jamie said yes, let's do it. So, here we
1: are. Wifed. All right. Did you say what? Did you say wifed? I, I said wifed. <laughs> you know, like trumped, but, but wifed. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's that's good for you guys. Obviously, you know, you were looking out for her best interest there. Didn't want her to have to go through all that. And she wants that place bad enough where she said, shut up, we're taking it. So, um, awesome. Good for you guys. Congratulations. That's really exciting. Um, And I I know that means you have a lot of projects in your future, too, because she's just interior design guru.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's going to be definitely a lot of projects, man. I'm trying to convince her to let us paint the new kitchen Chicago Bulls red. She's not down with it (laughs) yet, but we're going to see how that goes. Well, she said it's our forever house, man. There's no reason that we can't paint it Bulls red. I mean, come on. It's all right.
1: I mean, I guess you're not in Texas, you don't have to worry about any bulls coming through the back door, so...
0: Bulls don't like oh yeah, they do run after Red. Okay, I see what you did there.
1: Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe they don't, I don't know, maybe that's just... just I heard they were were colorblind. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) what I thought they were, I thought bulls were colorblind. Maybe they
1: just really hate blankets being waved in their (laughs) (laughs) face. It's just fucking,
0: you want to insult me and piss me off, wave a fucking blanket in front of my face. Oh, God, my God, man. Do it shit.
1: that <laughs>
0: that's um, uh,
1: well, let's, let's get into some basketball. Yes. It's, it's been too so long. I don't long. want to
0: now. It's, I'm fucking dying. All right. Yep. Oh, no, that, you're right. It's time. We got we we to talk to some it. basketball.
1: I, I know not much has changed, and we're kind of on the verge of basketball starting again. Yeah. Um, despite the craziness that's going on in Florida getting worse by the day. Uh, you just got these NBA players stuck in Sandy Cheek's bubble in the middle of the ocean just... Crushing Ooh. beers and shit? <laughs> no, yeah. Did you see Jordan Clarkson try to crack that beer on his head? And then he said something like he was all tough, and it was like, dude, we just tried to watch you crush an aluminum can on your head and fail, and then you're going to act like a hard-ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, it's it's kind of weird how it went from seeing like their questionable maybe slightly uncooked breakfasts for some of them to seeing them taking water slides and going down water slides with their phones and shotgunning beers during the day like okay i mean is is the bubble gonna be that bad i mean i i'll tell you what they're partying in the
0: bubble we're gonna see a fucking bubble related injury before we see a basketball related injury at this point
1: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. These guys you are mean, going hard as hell. alcohol and water
0: slides yeah, they, that, that it's bound to happen. These guys are going hard as hell. But, I mean, I will say, I know we didn't really talk about it too much. We talked about the rumor and the possibilities of this happen when, when uh, Matt Peck joined us a couple weeks back. But, I mean, kudos to Adam Silver and the NBA for figuring this out. Um, out of all the other sporting uh, leagues across the nation, um, there's been nothing but... More so than anything, scrutiny and pushback from most of the players. I mean, there are players that do want to play. But it seemed like the NBA was progressive and figured this out really fucking quick. I wanted to kind of get your opinion on that, man. I think, I mean, once again, I know the NFL is like the most popular sport in America. You know, that's the most popular league in America. But the NBA shows you why it's a fucking juggernaut. I mean, just thinking outside of the box, thinking, trying to keep their players safe. I mean, I I honestly, I know we haven't gotten to any games yet. But you have to be impressed by what they're doing right now.
1: No, I mean, considering with as hot of a spot as Florida is right now, obviously the location uh, probably could have been thought out a little bit better. But when they planned it, Florida wasn't in any hot water at all. So outside of that aspect and everything that's going on around them in their location, I don't think you could have planned it out much better. You know, they did all the preliminary tests. I think it was only 16 or 19. I believe it was under 20 of 300-something players that were tested that were positive. And the majority of them uh, were just going into quarantine for two weeks. And once they were cleared, um, they were going to head out to Florida and join their teams. So I think that process of making sure that nobody that entered the bubble um, was going to be spreading it to begin with was the most important step. And hopefully they stay on the protocol like uh, they're supposed to. This snitch hotline's kind of funny, though. Well, I'm sure we'll get to that. But <laughs> no, as long as the players understand that you know, like people aren't snitching on them to like just be assholes. Like this is we, we want to play basketball. We we want this season to finish. We don't want to have to forfeit our money. We don't want we we have to follow the rules so we can fulfill our contracts. Not only for this season. But for next season, because if they're unable to play or they don't play at all, who knows what happens to NBA rosters as they stand? All those contracts could become void. I mean, so, right. I mean, you've heard what they've said about the cap, dude. You know, the cap isn't going to be what they thought it was. Projected at like 75 million. That's There's going to be so many teams paying the tax from contracts that they're already allocated to. Oh, it's going to be a shit show, bro it's gonna be a shit show and if you've seen any of the rumors I don't want to get
0: too, I, I mean we have to talk about it because it's really a part of what we're talking about but if you we, if you've read any of the reports about this covid fall and winter next year is supposed to be fucking horrible that's what they're saying they're like it's gonna be ten times worse than it was right like you know th- these past couple months it's gonna be fucking a shit show it's gonna be bad very very bad so i this is their chance to get it right, and hopefully this is – and they do get it right. Hopefully they get to play, and fucking A, man. Hopefully we, you know, get to enjoy some basketball because I don't know what's going to happen in 2021.
1: No, I mean, that's it, kind of crazy to think the world's coming to an end, and I feel selfish for just just wanting my damn sports back. But at the end of the day, like, if the world's going down, I at least want to watch my sports while, while the fire's raging outside my door because, yeah, man, everything – it's it's just a weird time to be alive right now. Like, growing up, you heard your parents and their little stories about, you know, situations they went through. Your grandparents had the even crazier stories. And now, I'm just thinking, like, wow, another 20 years, if we make it that far, I'm, we're going to be those assholes going, do you remember COVID? Holy shit.
0: I, I just, like, I'm so blown away by all of it, dude. I mean, I'm just... I'm so blown away by all of it, and it really sucks that our sports are have been taken away. And obviously, there's way more important shit in the world than sports. But the fact that the NBA has been releasing footage of players playing, will even the MLB right now. The MLB is going with you know right now with intra-squad games before they get into it next week. I'm just glad that these couple leagues have been progressive and, and we're going to start getting some stuff. You know, I mean, I'm very excited about it. I do want to bring up one hot news topic about the NBA bubble, and that's one of the most exciting players that we we're all waiting to watch play. Zion Williamson went home Um, for a, a family matter. Did you see this?
1: I did indeed, and I, I don't want to speculate on it too much because uh, in typical fashion, they did decide to throw the fact that he had leg cramps out there as well. Yeah, um,
0: I saw that. So are they are they tied together?
1: I don't know if they're tied together. That's I, I don't really want to say too much on it because it would be very easy to just assume, oh, he had leg cramps and they're using this, this thing to leave the bubble. But if that is not the case and there's something seriously wrong with Zion's family, a whole bunch of people are going to look like assholes. And I don't want to be one of those assholes. So... Um, my stance on the thing is, you know, I hope his family's all right, but I just received my ten thousand dollars. Zion card, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt that <laughs> you left, man. I, now I gotta wait another month or two to probably sell this thing for what it's actually worth because Zion's injury prone. That's that's what's going around now. So, oh man.
0: Uh, I really hope that kid could stay healthy. I really hope it has nothing to do with health. Like you said, we don't want to speculate it, but I think that he could really be a transcendent player. I would really hate to see him battle injuries throughout his career because, I mean, let's face it, man, he's got a big frame for all that athleticism that he's got, you know?
1: Well, no. I mean, the other thing is if you've ever watched an interview with the kid for more than three minutes, he is an exemplary person as well. It's not that he's just this – Super athlete he is a genuinely good humble human being um so uh, w- we wish him nothing but success and obviously um whatever's going on with his family whether it's health or personal um you know best of luck there too and hopefully he is able to get back to this playoff and contribute with his team and you know maybe sneak in get that eighth seed from the Grizzlies and or maybe even just force the playoff I think they only have to be within four games. To uh, force a playoff, so just just that excitement of John Zion going at each other is something that I know a lot of fans would love to see. So hopefully he he makes it back in time for some sort of play.
0: Right, I, I totally agree with that. Now let's get in to some Bulls news here. We're gonna start with this, and it's gonna and it's gonna rain down into a very hot topic that's kind of floating around right now. But Jerry Reinsdorf, everybody's favorite guy, Jerry Reinsdorf came out. And said that between the Bulls and the White Sox, he's lost up to nine figures of money. Nine figures. He hasn't calculated exact number, Goose, but he's lost a lot of money between the two teams. That scares me a little bit, because that can come to handcuffing your front office from doing things that they might want to do. Because, like I said, this is a business, right? You're in it to make money, not to fucking lose it. Um, He also made a comment about how the team played lousy last year, and he was not impressed by it. What, what do you make about Jerry call? I mean, obviously, I'll ta- I'll get your opinion on him losing money. I'm pretty sure you would have told me, yeah, no shit, he's lost money. I mean, I think we all knew that. I don't know if it's fucking nine figures, but if it is, holy shit. Um, but what do you think about him calling the team's performance lousy?
1: I mean, I think he should look at the coach. I mean, he did demote Paxson. Whether Pax asked for that is is rumored. You know, Pax asked if he could step down like he said he would do. I don't know if that's anything more than a formality. Um, but clearly something got shaken up during All-Star weekend, during the season. Uh, maybe it was the fact that in the first two seasons of the rebuild, the Bulls were first and second in attendance. And this season they were 11th, um, despite hosting the All-Star game and kind of the hype around the season. This was supposed to be the season out of the three that was going to be good. And um, the attendance was horrible. Um, people keep trying, I, I, don't, I shouldn't say people, there's not very many of them, but you know, I have people trying to stand up for boiling in my mentions and I'm just, I I'm getting a little exhausted by it. It's like, oh, well, the team was hurt. No, nah. first 10 games, the team wasn't hurt. That was the easiest part of the schedule. We were three and six to start. I think we might've been four and six for a second there. I'm not positive off the top of my head. I don't feel like pulling up the, uh. The game log there. But I know we were 3-6 and six <laughs> with a healthy roster before Otto Porter Jr. went out. And that was the easiest part of our schedule. Jim refused to play Denzel Valentine or Daniel Gafford. Daniel. Daniel Gafford. <laughs> <laughs> or the likes of Luke Cornette and Ryan Arch. Yeah. So there's a lot of – and that's just one example. We could probably go game by game with Jim. That would be a fun series, wouldn't it?
0: I don't know um, I don't know if that'd be fun, buddy, but
1: but maybe no, I am not surprised that Jerry wanted to puke, although he probably only looked at the attendance sheet and was like, "Oh my god, I need to do something." And that's exactly why I think I Boylan has one of the cheapest contracts in the NBA for a head coach. You could fire him and hire an assistant and it would be like paying Fred Hoiberg or Thibs. So I just uh, I'd like to think that $3, 4000000 million, especially if he's already losing over $100 million in projected revenue because you can't lose something that you don't have. Um, I, I'd hope that that kind of money isn't something that stops a billionaire from doing the right thing and progressing his extremely profitable franchise.
0: Right, and I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I want to get back to that record situation that you were talking about before. The Bulls were three and seven through ten. Okay. Yeah, they were three and seven through ten. They they were and they were primarily healthy there. Uh, a couple of those games were blown. Uh, one included... Oh no! Yeah, we had
1: we had an eight point lead against the Knicks going into the fourth that we lost. Yep. I know that fact. Yep. I mean. It, so th- let's, let's boil it down now into Jim. And the reason that I wanted
0: to tie the Jerry, you know, losing nine-figure stuff, obviously we both know he lost money. Anybody listening to this podcast knows that he lost money. That's what happened. You're a business owner right now. Fucking sucks. And I feel bad for you. I really do. Whether you have millions, billions or not, like, you're losing money. I mean, poor Robert De Niro is only making $7.5 million like a fucking week right now or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I'm sorry. See, that was cold-blooded a little bit. Fuck you, Robert De Niro. I don't care if I you want... I want
1: rich people problems, man. Yeah, no,
0: sh- no shit. I want rich people problems, too, for the love of God. Someone, please. Someone discover Pass us. Ask me more, please! Yeah, someone discover us and give us rich people problems, please. I've been poor my whole fucking life. I want to be po and no mo. But anyway, so this g- now boils down into Jim. And you see these reports, and like all the people at you, and I've been getting a ton of ats about it. Like, oh, you were wrong. They're going to keep boiling. It's like, dude, number one, we don't know yet. Because they're still talking about a bubble for those shitty eight teams that didn't make the Florida bubble. Does our tourist want to see him coach? Does he want to give the guy a chance to watch a full team practice? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going to go back to our buddy, friend of the show, Casey Johnson was on six seventy to the score this morning with Mully and Haw. And K.C. said, I know the times are rough right now, but I've never known Jerry Reinsdorf of the Bulls organization to be shy to make a change within the coaching staff and still pay that coach to go away. And he named Scott Skiles, Tom Thibodeau, Fred Hoiberg. Oh, the,
1: last, the last
0: five coaches we've had are all...
1: Been paid past their time.
0: Right. So then Casey goes into something that you and I had talked about on a podcast. I mean, it was during the year. And I, I can't remember the episode because this is like '67, I think. I think it was like maybe in the 20s or 30s. We talked about that report that came out where the what Van was it Stan or was it Jeff Van Gundy when they had said that, you know, people cannot stand, you know, coach, they tell coaches to stay away from the Bulls. You remember that report? Um, Casey had talked about that today, and he was kind of speculating on, do you think, and I could have misinterpreted his words. I was driving. It was early. It was like 6.45 in the morning. I could have misinterpreted the words. I don't think I did. But he said, you know, could Arturis be waiting because he doesn't want to keep that same picture up on the wall? You know what I'm saying? Like, he he wants to be known of giving guys their shot. And uh, Casey thought that might have been a fair thing to do with, with Jim. Um, I, and, and we had Casey on the podcast and in Casey talked to us for a while, even after we know his feelings and I'm not going to put him on blast for anybody. I'm sure you can figure it out, but we know his feelings and maybe he's right here. Maybe he's right. It, it, he's it's one or two things. They don't want to spend the money to have him go away and hire another coach because COVID's fucking everything up or they're serious about, or AK and, uh, A.K. and the rest of the crew are taking the Rhinsdorfs and Paxson's, uh, not advice but uh, request seriously, and wanting to give Jim a chance. I don't know what it is, but I feel like we keep talking about this because it. it, it I, let's face it, it hasn't gone away yet. He's still here.
1: All right, I have two conflicting points that almost make that make no sense to me because of COVID. If you were going to fire somebody, like if you were going to fire me especially if you're going to be paying me millions of dollars to go away and seek a new opportunity or just go lock myself in my house and stay in a bubble, I would want to be fired now, like yesterday, like last month. If you even had the the, the slightest inkling that, hey, you know, we might just drag this guy along long enough to figure out what the hell we want to do. You know, during this whole pandemic, he can keep coming to work. He can keep, you know, doing all this stuff and putting himself at risk no 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 no! if you're gonna fire me fire me now i'm getting paid regardless do i want the job yeah but if you're thinking of firing me you're sitting there plotting to firing me with everything going on in the world get it over
0: so personally you just want the trigger pulled
1: oh no yeah i mean personally if i'm in jim's position if i'm getting fired do it now Don't drag me along. You're not saving me face. You're not doing me any favors. Right. Uh, Not that I'm going to be getting any interviews for head coaching positions in the NBA ever again because I've been a failure as a head coach in college. Um, He ran a program in Utah where he literally had players requesting transfers and jumping ship and trying to get out of school to get away from him, <laughs> which is what's going to be happening here in Chicago very shortly um, with qualifying offers for Lowry marketing and Zach Levine's unrestricted free agency. if the bulls don't get rid of this guy, we're losing people for discounts because teams know that they don't want to be here. Um, now, now I, I want you to flip it. I want you to flip
0: it. Now, what if you're in AK's position and you kind of know the stigma and the perception around the league?
1: If I'm in AK's position, especially if two of my top candidates are somebody that me and Mark Eversley have previous relationships with in M.A. Udoka or Adrian Griffin, I'm all right sitting pretty because I know I got either one of them in the bag if I really need it. And I know that they're itching and scratching and dying for a head coaching opportunity once these playoffs are done. They're not going to pass up on going to these playoffs and getting that experience as an assistant that they'd like to take to being a head coach. So I couldn't hire them right now. Anyway, unlike the Knicks, we really don't have to interview them because we already know them. So if one of those two guys are my guy, maybe I do let Jim Boylan continue, you know, to keep contact with the team and kind of keep them together in this extended period. My only confliction there is this as a VP or a GM. I want my head coach in on the draft process. This second bubble is going to be post lottery at that point in time. I want my coach sitting down vetting film with me. I want to be going over these prospects with my head coach. He's going to be the one almost solely responsible for their development. So that's where my conflict with this waiting it out thing kind of falls into is do you want Jim Boylan there for that process? I don't,
0: (laughs) I don't, I just, I don't, I don't know, man, like putting myself in your shoes. So like, I kind of want to take your lead on it. So if I'm, if I'm Jim Boylan, I want to, you know, just please let me know so I can just get it over with. I can have the heartache and I can try to figure out what my next steps are. Right. I think that's pretty much what maybe any person would do just to not have the pain drag along. Um, in AK's shoes, I get that he wants to change the perception of this team, and his, you know, his right hand man and and Mark Eversley wants to make the Bulls cool again. He wants the perception to change. I can understand why they're kind of doing what they're doing. But until we actually know what the fucking franchise is doing, whether or not they're playing games, whether or not they're actually done, I'm not mad that they haven't done anything yet. Are you? I mean, it's such man, a weird, it's such a weird fucking
1: time right now, man. Mad would be the wrong word. Confused, worried, disappointed, little frustrated. Maybe? I mean, disappointed. Like, I can't have disappointment yet because my hope isn't gone. Like,
0: oh, okay, yeah, no, that's yeah, that makes sense.
1: You know, so I'm not disappointed yet. Am I going to be disappointed as hell if Baldy's still here <laughs> at the start of next season? Yeah, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. I really don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Um. <sighs> So no, I'm just, I'm worried. Worried is the best way to describe it because it is getting to that point where it's like, you're not doing this guy any favors. You're talking about all this money you're losing. Are you just going to be cheap because you don't want to pay out what you already owe the man anyway and pay somebody else, which is likely going to be a mid-level, previously an assistant level candidate? So it's not going to be that hefty of a contract? That's I don't know. I think the move is necessary. I think the sooner the better just for fans, players, everybody to just move on and be excited about things moving forward. But at the same time, with the situation, I don't know how you handle that as a VP in your first season. That's that's a weird place to be.
0: A VP in your first season, which has been dramatically derailed by a fucking global pandemic. Um, Yeah. So I want to pull up these cut before, you know, uh, we we stop here. I want to pull up these quotes. And on Wednesday, Broilin, uh, Broilin I'm sorry, Boylan, <laughs> briefly
1: spoke. You to so- go grill, bus.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've had a couple. Um, Boylan briefly spoke with reporters about the the Bulls front office news and and you know everything that has changed. And he seemed to get a little bit of cocky, man. He seemed to boast a little bit. And here's the quote. The relationship has gone really well. This is what Boylan is telling WGN's Rick Tarastino. I would however you pronounce it. Uh, we communicate every day. I think they understand where we were, what we're trying to get to. They've been very supportive and collaborative. It's a process to build this team into what it can be. I just like the fact that we have a relationship already. It's never perfect. Nothing's perfect. You just work at it. Tell the truth. You get your guys to play hard. That's what we're trying to do. So, people freaked out about that right away, right? There's one quote that I took out of it. Would you call this a relatively new marriage there, Goose? Would you say this is a new marriage?
1: I mean, yeah. Okay. But he also said that it's not perfect, and I didn't just read the interview. I watched the video, and I, I didn't quite get the same tone from it watching it as I did reading it.
0: Yeah, well, it's never perfect. Nothing's perfect. That's what he says. Well, if you guys aren't still in the honeymoon phase after meeting and after all these great ideas that you guys are all spewing out together and you're collaborating and everything feels right and good, but, you know, nothing's perfect. It's never perfect. You just work at it. It's too early for you to be working at it, Moff. He's gone. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen.
1: You know what I'm saying? That that was the silver lining in the interview for me, was that if you thought you were safe, one, the majority of that interview, Boylan was talking about how bad the players need the competitive aspect of a second bubble. No, 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 buddy. You need the second bubble because that's probably your only opportunity to legitimately make a case to give you another full offseason and another full season. Um, that's That's all you got is that second bubble. Right. But like you said, if things were really good, you wouldn't feel the need to add that. Well, nothing's perfect though, but nothing in the world is perfect. So everything's good.
0: It's little, little lines like that, that he puts out there that he thinks that he's saving his job with. I think for some weird reason, um, he's gone. He's as good as gone. It's going to happen. Um, if they don't play in this little bubble where AK can just be nice to the guy that signs his paychecks and gives him that chance, if they don't play in that, he's gone.
1: Um, uh, Do you t- think it's possible that they're waiting to see if there even is a season next year? Uh, yeah. Because and let's if- go back to what I said before. They're saying that this, this shit
0: going into the 2021, uh, what is that? What is fall before winter? Right. Yeah, falls before yeah. winter. Yeah, so the twenty 2020 twenty fall, twenty twenty one, you know, winter, is supposed to be fucking horrible. Like I'm talking, they're saying like the fucking. So when plague. they're supposed
1: to be starting up the new season.
0: Yeah, exactly. They start. They they usually start the the season in fucking October. You know, but I mean, but, like uh, but they're talking 30th. about starting around Christmas next year
1: when all this shit's supposed to be fucked. So, <laughs> what? So no, I mean, maybe they're just waiting to see because why fire the guy if you're not even going to play? Like... Right, but what's the point? What What's the point right now?
0: I mean, they're doing, I'm sure they're doing their due diligence. They're looking into candidates. They're going to see how this shit goes. They're going to see an assistant get fired or some shit from a fucking playoff team like the Sixers or the fucking Rockets where, you know, some of our new front office people, okay, have had ties to in the past, and then you're going to see another head coaching candidate pop his head out. You, you see what I'm saying? That's when it's going to happen. That's when it's going to happen. If they get this shit in in, in Orlando in the bubble, this this tourney-style play, and one of the teams oh, yeah. that they're scouting a coach gets, you know, gets eliminated, that's when you're going to see real fire. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That's where it's going to happen. It, it's not going to happen right now. So people flipping out about it just need to calm down. The NBA doesn't even know if they're going to fucking do this. They have people there; they're hoping to, but anything can change at the drop of a hat, man.
1: No, yeah, I guess two weeks from now the season could officially be over, and every coach could be on the market. Right. And then, you know, and if not, you got a couple months to wait before that happens. So, no, I'm like I said, uh, I'm just gonna leave it at worried because it's getting to the point where cameras are getting put in Boylan's face, and he's still talking. So. <laughs>
0: I'm worried. Well, at least you get to laugh during the fucking quarantine and the, you know, the phase fours. You get to watch Jim Boylan talk.
1: I I pulled up the preseason press conference (laughs) today because somebody (laughs) started going on about Jim. It's the injuries and the youth. Like Jim saying it, he's not lying. Okay, well, here's a video of Jim telling you that they filled all the holes, that youth really isn't a concern, that everybody is in top-notch shape. And they're ready to make the playoffs. So tell me again um, how Jim's not just BSing his way through this again because Otto is the only one that was really hurt all season. Lowry missed around 20 games. Wendell missed just over 20 games. But Zach, Kobe, Thad, Sato all played 60-plus games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we did miss our key players for a a, a period of time. Um Excuse me, I sneezed. Oh, but there.
1: the point I was getting at was at the oh. end of the video, after after Jim's little rant, he just looks at Pax with that smile and nod thing that he does, like are are you proud of me? Was I a good boy? You proud, da- right proud of me? You proud of me, dad? that that killed me in that video. Is that's, that's Jim, though, and that's probably the main reason he still has a job, because he's good at kissing ass.
0: I uh, I do want to bring this up because you had mentioned it earlier before we wrap up the show. Can you tell everybody about
1: 1-800-SNITCH? Well, apparently there's a hotline, and uh, according to Doc Rivers, by time they start play, the Clippers are going to be the only ones left because he's calling on everybody. Um, I think he feels that this is really their shot to get a ring um so he's keeping his team in line and he is not hesitating to call on anybody he sees breaking the rules of their bubble because they want this shit to happen so um as funny as it is to joke about snitching because wherever you're from that's usually not anything that you want to be snitches Um, good boy right now snitching snitching is good saves Uh, lives snitch away because we it saves lives, and it saves sports. So, snitch, please. <laughs> if you're in a bubble somewhere, snitch. And better yet, just follow the rules. So nobody has to be put in that position to snitch at you. Crack beers, share beers with your friends, go down water slides. But do not order foods or try to bring hoochies in. We we can't be doing that kind of stuff right now. We, we got to follow the rules for a couple weeks, and then you guys can blow the bubble up. If you want, I don't care. We just, we got to get going.
0: (laughs) Oh man. I know it was a shorter one guys. There hasn't been a lot to talk about, but before we lead out goose, you got anything else to add to the people?
1: No, I mean, just hang in there guys. I know this is every day that goes by and Boylan's still here. It gets a little more rough, but the season isn't over. That's, that's really all I can say at this point. Um, once all options are available and there's a reason to make a move, and one's not made, then we can start freaking the hell out. Until then, just try to avoid the, uh, the clickbait. No clickbait.
0: No clickbait. Well, that's all I got for today, man. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. We'll probably be back next week, honestly, because I, I want to talk more You know, while we're getting closer to basketball. I want to bring up... Oh, you miss me? I do miss you, bud. I do miss you. I mean, between the move and baseball starting back up and me becoming a NASCAR guy now um just because like i needed some sort of competition to to cheer for and to bet on because i was playing the stock market for a while but nothing's like betting on sports um but yeah man i do i miss our bulls talks i miss yeah i i miss everything that we were doing before man we were fucking cruising through you know we we were probably one of the only podcasts that covered this team every fucking post game and put out a badass show at, at the end of it you know we i mean and, and we did that consistently throughout the season. Um, so yeah, I I, I, do, I do miss that a, a, a wee bit, man. I do miss that. But that's like I said, that's all I got, man. I'm out of beer down here. So everybody, be sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet. Following us at bulls on tap. Follow my dude Goose at bullscript. And follow me at buzz on tap. We'll probably be back next week. We'll put a tweet out. We'll let you all know. But
1: until maybe, then, maybe our guest will actually show up. <laughs> wow. Oh, shots fired. Shots oh, fired. You know who you are, Queen you, you heard it. You heard it here. But uh, we'll be
0: back next week. Let's go Bulls.